conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. I don't need to study for the bar. I'm too busy raising it. I'm not here to start drama, but my pig emoji is. <laughs> I like it. 
I like the pig and emoji. Um, I wanted to record this whole episode it? as a, as as a an emoji. Yeah, just is it the it. Year? I think um, Chinese legend tells us it is in fact the year of the pig and emoji. Oh wow, That's, I love that. Kelly's just being festive and um, factually correct, and I appreciate it. I went on a couple dates with a guy who <gasps> not it's not exciting. Was it Sean? Was it Bronwyn's husband? Uh, no, but I do think he's gay. Yeah, so I that's, think so too. Uh, Something for us to talk about. We can talk about that. Um, <laughs> no, I. Uh, but when we were when we like met on an app um, and started texting, he would only respond with an emojis. Ever. Yes, the first. Well, not like. The first like night we were chatting, like I would text him and he would respond with an, an emoji, and I was like, "Could you respond normally? Because I am trying to like watch my stories and I have to like listen to every like an emoji you send me." It was very weird, and it should have been you know a red flag. Um, we're not dating currently. I mean, that is a choice that that person is making, and so is me introducing this week's episode. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> it's Andy's girls, one hundred and nineteen. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no. You know, it actually should be a lot more than that, but there have been times where I've taken like a solid couple months off. So now I'm, yeah. I'm catching up to it. And I'm so excited I didn't take this week off because I am joined by one of my absolute favorite co-hosts, Lewis Peitzman, writer, creator of the high drama newsletter that covers content on horror, theater, and housewives. Twitter legend. Okay. Let's Twitter not... friend with Chrissy Teigen, which puts you in the history books, my friend. That Great. is a valuable. If that's my claim to fame. It is. I have peaked. I mean, that's her claim to fame to be friends well, with you. Um, right. Louis Peitzman, <laughs> how are you? It's boiling hot. It's not. It's it's like it's like Sticky. kind of cooling down, but it's Sticky still Friday. humid. And I'm over it. And I'm over uh, summer. Well, I feel like... Um, it's been a hot second, speaking of the weather, since you've been on the people's people's couch. Has it been a little bit? I feel <laughs> like something... Been a, it's been a moment, yeah. It was... The last time you were on, I think, was right around when your New York Times piece... Um, the Saucy Story, The Saucy yeah. Story... Um, yeah, that was, was published. A, uh, that was a, a while ago. So what was your reaction to Stassi's engagement to America's Sweetheart, Bo? I'm thrilled for Stassi. Um, they I, are the perfect couple. I really like Bo. I've seen some like Bo backlash <gasps> online, which I find to be a little bit because silly. Because we can't all fuck him. That's probably where it comes from. But I've seen some people say that like he is like riding her coattails and like wants to be famous. And I was like, and that like he wanted to get on the show. And I was like, no, she like desperately wanted someone to be on the show with her. She wanted someone that understood her. And a part of right. understanding her is understanding she's on a reality TV I'm show sure, needs to show her life. I'm sure that he loves that people are so into him. Like anyone would, right? You like go, yeah, on, a naturally. Reali- yeah, you yeah. go on a reality show and like everyone's like, oh my God, you're our instant favorite. We're obsessed with you, whatever. It's going to like, you're going to like it and you're going to want more attention. But I don't think that makes him like, I don't think he was like entering this relationship to get to like to get on tv to like get you know into that circle that seems very silly that's insane to me a and b i don't know that there's a bravo liberty whose purity and honesty and truth i trust more than Bo's, aside from stephanie holman of dallas well but she's troubled i 
Um, um, she's not troubled. Aside just, from her political affiliations, listen, we're not all <laughs> going to agree. She has sex with Travis, and I am here for it. And they build their little locker of love. And I am down. I die for Stephanie Holman. I am well, a Stephanie stan. I okay. I like Stephanie a lot. I just I'm just saying she's troubled. Bo seems a little bit more stable to me. How is to oh because of because she's had she's mental just like health she, struggles. No, yeah, but she just in general she just seems. She's a little passive. I don't I don't mean that I don't like her. I mean that yeah, like. Yeah. I worry about her sometimes. She seems, no, a little that, bit, she seems a little fragile. Yes, I totally agree with you. I think she's fragile. And what I love about her is that she's been honest about her fragility. Totally. Which I think has brought me closer in my imaginary best friendship with her. My point, I guess, is just that like Bo is so normal seeming. He's so normal. I want to have... I want to... I just... <laughs> He's like he. Well, I love him so. I like genuinely oh, the, uh, am sexually the other thing, to him. The other thing that was weird, like backlash wise, was because he's going on her book tour with her, or, some, or, or like whatever speaking tour she's doing. She's doing some book sort tour. of. Yeah, it's like a longer book tour, I think, right. related to the podcast too. Right, maybe. whatever it is. Yeah, he's going with her. People were like, "Oh, like he just was desperate to join." And I was like, maybe she wanted her boyfriend to go on a trip with her. Like, why? Like, you guys are looking for things to like. I think it's because people are so used to seeing partners of Real Housewives whose intentions might not be pure a la Gretchen and Slade or a la almost Dr. every one Brian of them Reagan and oh, um god. what's her face um oh my god I just for Kelly Dodd I just forgot Kelly's name that's okay, the first like, time it's ever happened I, I would say the majority of Housewives boyfriends are bad yeah I agree with and you. I think that they mostly do want to be on TV because it's very it's a very hard sell to be like do you want to join me on this reality show especially early on in a relationship like Kelly's boyfriend three months in being like, yeah, I'll film a bunch with you. Like major red flag. And he is insanely creepy. We'll, we'll get to that. But yeah. And him wanting to start a business with her. We'll get to that. A teen her, pimple business. I can't get them um, in the Botox in the door. I, uh, yes, but you know, I don't think that's what's happening with, with Bo. I, I think it's, it's weird. I mean, I remember um, when my former coworker Kate Arthur interviewed Bethany, and maybe I've oh. mentioned this on the podcast before. Love Kate Arthur, but um, Bethany was like talking about uh, about um, Jason, and like said that one of the things, like she can't really talk about him at all, but right, she right, was right. like, "I would never again date someone who wanted to be on the show." That she thought Jason would like was good and pure and that actually he had ulterior motives or whatever. He wanted to do a reality show with her. I think it's more complicated than that. But like, I do understand that anyone who is willing to film with you, like even though you might want them to film with you, like there is a cause for concern. Like you can't really, I mean, it's sort of lose, lose, right? Because you can't, you don't want to do it by yourself, but you, but also like, how could you not be a little suspicious when someone is kind of like, you yeah, know. I'll film with you. I'm and, so excited. And, and sometimes I think it's fine. Like, you know, Terry Dubrow obviously loves being on camera. More than Heather. Well, I think he does love at Heather. At least at the beginning. He, right. But no, I, no but, not, not more oh, than yes, loving he, Heather, but more he, than Heather like liking to be on camera. Oh, I thought you were yeah, saying yeah. he loves to be. Yes. I mean, maybe. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And like, there's something there where you're like, okay, you're a little bit fame hungry, but they also have a real relationship. If it's a newer relationship, like Stassi and Bo, I understand why people are kind of trying to find like... They feel some sort of apprehension. Um, but I don't think that Bo is using Saucy. The interesting thing about what you just said and about Bethany's interview with Kate Arthur is the fact that back in the day, for those two weeks when Bethany and Jason were happily married, Bethany said on, I think an episode, this is several years ago, I think an episode of Watch What Happens Live, she and Andy were talking about 
Jason and how great it was, how it seemed like he had no interest in being on TV. And she was like, isn't this great? And Andy referenced the fact that he had wanted to do some sort of like honeymoon related, you know how they do games on the show. He had wanted to do some sort of like honeymoon game related game with Jason and Bethany. And Jason was like, absolutely not. I'm not coming on Watch What Happens. And Andy and Bethany were both like, isn't this amazing that he doesn't want to be on the show and he has no interest. And to see the evolution of that. Right. And certainly, you know, we don't really know his ulterior motives how obvious they may be but just watching her spinoff shows and obviously her spinoffs were in essentially entirely about their relationship right the business was portrayed through the lens of their relationship through the lens of bethany trying to get jason to be more involved and then dealing with you know his feedback to the business and whatever else and then their struggles and the downfall it's fascinating to see like was that initial moment where he was like go fuck yourself I'm not going to appear and watch what happens in a game was that a real moment did he really not want to be involved and then he got bitten by the bug yeah or- I, mean, I think that like it's it it's natural to like you're you're on TV. People are like, oh, you seem like cool and handsome and normal, and I want to see more of you on TV. To want to then continue doing it, and also obviously the money. But I I don't know. I I I can see how like someone like Bo would go from you know cautious but wanting to support his girlfriend to like actually being quite into it. I honestly look at Bo and I mean this in the best possible way. He's just like a little pump rules labradoodle. He's just so happy. He seems really affectionate. He has his thing of like wanting to hang out with the guys and get a little drunk. He's not so up Stassi's ass that she w- he will do everything she um, asks for, which is why she still has her Stassi meltdowns when she becomes like her own little tequila Katie. Right. I mean, what? who is your favorite couple on pump rules? And you can include... Lisa and Ken in that. Why would I ever include Lisa and Ken in anything? I mean, snap. Um, no, it's Saucy and Bo. I mean, it's not. There's no right? competition. Who's your favorite? And this can be present or former, like married or couple. It doesn't have to be married on Housewives, like any franchise. Oh, it's hard, right? Because so many of them are fucked. I mean, they almost all are. Uh, I mean, I I love Heather and Terry. For better or worse, I love the Dubros. They fit together, and they I feel like there's enough also, friction like, that makes it real. She does genuinely get annoyed at him, of course, but also like I, they they actually like each other, and I think that they are like beneath all whatever good people, which I don't feel about many people on these shows. I agree. My pick would be Heather Thompson and was oh, Jonathan his name? Whatever his name is, Short sure. Guy, but he was him. so like not on the show. I mean, right. he was on the show, but like... He was like in the background and I believe that they have a healthy relationship. Totally. And I also have to say, I know that they're super new at this and we'll see what happens, but I really love Denise and Aaron. I mean, we'll see what happens yeah. if and when she's back next season. She said she's confirmed, but I don't know if that's real. The, I, well, the rumor that was that she'd signed up for three seasons. Oh, right. So, of course. Oh, that's interesting. That's a risk. It was a big risk. I think it will pay off. Um, yeah, I think it absolutely already has. Well, I, I, I love Denise and she was like a breath of fresh air. But I do think that they expected her to bring more drama and that she kind of laid low for much of the season. Yeah, I think the thing with... Camille love her or hate her is that she brought out the best in Denise and by best I mean worst. Worst, yeah, totally. Um the value of a villain. I 
I really wonder if Camille's going to come back next season. I genuinely don't see why she would, if she intends to continue the the victim narrative, which she's espousing on Twitter, calling the other woman trash, you know, sticking her head even well, further yeah, up but LVP's I mean, ass. Season one, she was, you know, yeah. the villain, and then she came back and had a really successful redemption Saint season. Camille. So I could see her trying to spin this and come back and do her apology tour and be like, you know, back to voice of reason. I mean, maybe she'll cameo. I could see her coming back as a friend of if, and when LVP returns in two or three seasons, which I do think is going to happen depending on what, where pump rules goes. Yeah. I think it'll depend on what happens with, 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 uh, with pump rules. So what, what were your thoughts on sort of the dissolution of, plot on Beverly Hills, the reunion cycle, team LVP versus team everyone else. What did you think? I mean, uh, I I don't know. I I'm just I I was so over it by the end because I feel like any, you know, it's we talked about this like very early on when we were like is Lisa going to come to the reunion like way yeah. back when. Yeah. And like it was such a such a cheat to not show up and to kind of like quit the show mm-hmm. via interview. Like the whole thing was just like she really blew any opportunity to get resolution. And the fact that she was able to do that and probably will still be welcome back when she wants to come back just kind of annoys me. And it makes me very much not on her side. Um, I think she leaked that story. I don't, I don't think it really matters. Of course. That's what I keep saying, but I've had a lot of guests that are no, like, she, no, do you think it was her literally no, or Dr. Someone, John Sessa? Someone, someone from her camp. Love it. But Lisa's been doing this shit for years. Like, I don't, like, remember when she, like, when they, and they showed that flashback of all the, the shady stuff she's done. Which like, was amazing. But she's done this stuff. Like, you, I, I'm sorry, but, like, you can't deny, like, when she put the magazines in her, or she made sure they brought the tabloids in, in the suitcase on whatever trip that was. Or the um, or when Taylor she, abuse arc. Or when she told Camille to bring up Taylor's abuse. Like, we know she does this stuff. There's no denying it. And she got caught, and she quit the show. And it's just, like... I it, it made for a really pointless season in so many ways. And as much as I think Camille is a terrible person, like she's the only reason why the reunion was interesting. And it also felt so deeply unfair to her as a friend of now she said online that she has no interest in coming back full time. So the question is, is she going to be a friend of which is, by the way, a friend of in name only because she is essentially a full she was a full timer this season. She was by the end. I mean, she, yeah. they brought they brought her in. She was stuck around a lot longer, and they kept her on the couch way longer than they kept a friend of normally. Except, I guess Luann and Portia probably. Oh yeah, when the they, Luann's when they were, don't be cool. Well, when, I mean, be cool, don't be uncool. When season. when Luann and Portia were friends of, I think they were also at the reunions for almost all of it. I don't remember exactly, but I think they were treated basically like housewives. Yeah, I agree um, with you. I think that Camille. Yeah, Camille was on that couch for a very long time. It wasn't like a Dana Wilkie cameo to bring up another friend of the Beverly Hills Housewives. Yeah, I think it was a sign of how weak the season was as it went on. And it was just really honestly such a shame to me because it started off so strong. I mean, I had no expectations, sort of, I think. And then I remember that premiere episode and certainly the episode in the kitchen was like, damn, like this is great. And I thought they were going to draw that out and they didn't. And now I look back, I'm like, you well, didn't draw up the moment, but you drew up the aftermath. Because we knew that Lisa stopped filming. So it was like once yeah. that fight happened, you're like, well, she's not on the show anymore. And then we got, you know, 16 episodes about her remodeling her kitchen. They should have taken her out of the credits, honestly. I thought it was, like, really... I, for for once, felt bad for Aviva 
because yes, that's exactly what I was just thinking. Wyoming. Because when Aviva wouldn't go on the vacation and they mm-hmm. took her out of the credits, it was like a punitive thing, and it's just like Lisa walked all over production and did all this incredibly like unprofessional, unprofessional shit, and and got catered to anyway. And it makes me angry because what has Lisa like? And all this stuff, everyone just like kind of like blowing smoke up her ass. Me like Lisa made this show what it is, and it's like, sh- did she like I? You know, I appreciate Lisa. And her contributions to Housewives, but like, she never, she's never really gotten her hands dirty the way that like other OG Housewives have. Like Lisa gets compared to like Nini and Vicky, and she's never had those messy moments. Well, because she's been so smart about them. I think Lisa is probably one of the smartest housewives. Sure, around and, and I still appreciate. Yeah, and I, but, the manipulation is one of the best parts of her. But it it doesn't feel fair. Or, to compare her to someone like Bethany who makes these snarky comments and also like probably has a lot of control over narrative, but still like has total breakdown moments. I completely agree with you. So I just feel like Lisa leaving housewives is no great loss. So how do you think this will in fact uh, affect how pump rules will look on the next upcoming season? Do you think she'll be in more scenes to like, compensate do you think it'll be I, the same i thing? don't know i mean i think pump rules is gonna have to have some sort of like people have been talking about how it needs to adjust to the fact that it's now two separate shows in what way in the fact that it's like very much a show about these like 30 somethings living in the valley and then also the young people who work at sir not that 30 something is not young as a 30 something myself but that like they're they're living very different lives. Like yeah, there are millionaires. Half of them are all, are all homeowners and they're all in right. the Valley. And then there's like, you know, and I mean, Lala obviously has a ton of money because of her man, but like, she's not, you know, she's, she's hanging out with the younger crowd and, and James and, you know, I guess Billy wants to be part of that too. Although not anymore because she left the show for bullying, whatever the point. Not that I don't consider bullying serious. Um, I just, consider the source i you the point is it's there are two very separate camps now and like i i've seen people talk about splitting it up into two shows and i don't know if that would actually work splitting it up into two shows and having them have like equal weight like pump rules the next generation pump rules og like teen mom style which i do not watch but know a little bit about something like that and i don't think it would work because for, for a lot of reasons. I think that people, like, I think that most of the 30-somethings, their lives are not as compelling now because they're all, like, in better places, you know? Like, they're, it's just harder to tell stories about people who have, like, grown up and gotten married and are, like, living their own lives. The nice thing, though, about pump rule, I totally hear you. And then, and then the other problem, though, yeah. is that, like, you have, like, the sir people, and you try to, like, cast more people, and that's never going to work the same way. The reason the Vanderpump Rules worked right. is because they were all friends, and they were all, they all had these complicated relationships with each other. You can't force that. And every time they try to do that, it doesn't work. The nice thing about the OGs of pump rules is that they will always be self-destructive. I mean, Stassi has grown a lot, but like Jax is always going to be a nightmare. You know, yeah, but um, like, Schwartz is always going to be a drunk, sloppy mess. Like my, my concern, Katie's not I, maturing. Kristen, m- my God. My concern about the new season is that like I don't want a replay of all that stuff. And it looks like that's what we're going to get. We're going to get more like cheating drama again with who 
well, there's like someone brought into like this. There's like all that stories about Jackson and Brittany are already unhappy, which like they are that those stories that have come out. I mean, I wait, I don't know anything. I genuinely don't know anything about this. Oh, there was like a story that was like, there's already tension and like, and then there was like something about them bringing someone new into the mix to like tempt Jack's away. And then like, <laughs> there's something with you like, give him a cardboard there's box something with like tempted. Katie and Schwartz and like drama there. And it's like, I, I just, I don't really want to like keep doing that. I mean, they're like, it was fun to have several seasons where everyone thought that everyone was cheating, but like, I mean, I'm sort of over it now. I totally hear you. The thing, though, is with these people, like, Jax is such a fuck up that, like, he will always be tempted. Like, a well, that's why I is- don't believe it. Because I'm like, I think that Britney knows that and married him anyway. Because what do you she- think about Britney? That she loves being on TV. Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know what her motivations were to begin with. But, like, I think she loves being on TV. I think she loves the paycheck and the lifestyle. I don't, I mean... I, I yeah I I don't know what else why else she's doing it by which I mean marrying Jax. Do you think she also loves him? I have no idea. I think she do, I think she loves him and she also surely loves their life together and a huge part of that is the income that they're getting and the lifestyle they are able to afford because of this reality TV show. Right. I I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm nervous about the new season because the stories I was hearing made it seem a little bit artificial. And I know people complain about that, but like, it's like either it feels artificial or people complain that it's too boring, but I actually, I like them all enough that I don't really mind when nothing, when there are no blow up fights as long, like I like just watching them live their lives and like have feelings. I wonder, speaking of blow ups, I wonder what will happen because allegedly Kristen so this is, is like strange re- from is really, people. This is really stressing me out. Yeah. Like she's not, she didn't really, I don't think acknowledge the Stassi and Bo engagement or if she did, it was super delayed. No, Kristen is definitely estranged from, uh, Stassi. from Stassi and Katie right now. Yeah. And then, but Schwartz still came to like one of her clothing well, Schwartz parties. Schwartz never picks a side. I mean, Has you would he, think he would pick his wife's a little. Have like, you been watching the show? He's literally, a he's little. Liter- just every episode. He's times. literally never picked a side. <laughs> He's never picked a side. Yeah. He's always he's done too that. He's dumb. He's not dumb. He's, he's just, just like Schwartz. He's just like not. He doesn't pick a side. Anyway, um, I am really anxious about a season. You know, I love Kristen. I cannot deal with another season of everyone shitting on Kristen. I thought what she went through last year was very real and very raw. Yeah. And it's going to be hard for me to watch that happen, especially when like Katie is married i was gonna say happily married katie katie is as as happy as she can be right and and stassi is in a great relationship right. and kristen is still struggling and she's you know the oldest of the three and she just they just like they give her such a hard time for the fact that she was like carrying on this sort of bullshit relationship with carter and i get that but also i was like yeah it's really hard to like be in your 30s and feel like this is maybe my last shot which it's not but that's how it feels that's how it feels and to you her. just yeah, and you just that. keep it going cuz you're like this is the best i'm going to do i just have to make it work and i and and i get that and i feel like they were so hard on her um and it was it was it was sad and i i'm just i'm worried about watching another another season of that is she still with carter no i don't think so she said at one point she wasn't maybe on the reunion, on the reunion or something, she wasn't and with then him. they were like but he's still living with you or you're right. still fucking him or something there right. was some sort of like this isn't actually over i think it they were like be- they were they were broken up but like a little 
no, I think they were broken up, but in the way that you like break up with someone who's yeah. like, I'll move out soon, and then you like, you know, occasionally hook up. It was I don't, not a good relationship. No, but I mean, like, who among us? I don't know. I just I, I, I don't think that Kristen is. I think she makes mistakes, of course. I just think that like, um, I'm sad about thinking about another season of like Kristen on the outs with people because she worked so hard to get back into that group and to like, you know, be forgiven for her legitimately wild behavior early on. Yeah. And I like them being friends, but I also feel like there's like a natural tendency toward drama. And that's both like these, who these people are and also Mm -hmm. like how reality TV works Yeah, that like these alliances and friendships, however real they are, don't last forever. Yeah. So, well, I'm excited to see a cemetery proposal. When does it, when does the season come back? Um, it usually comes back in the fall. No, it's end of the, it's winter. Oh shit! Okay. It used we to come back right when Beverly Hills came back, and now we're um, all fucked up. And I think it was December was when they used to come back, but Beverly Hills came back uh, February of this year, January February of this year. It like was delayed it a little bit. Lasted forever. And Pump Rules came back ear- like earlier than Beverly Hills. Remember, because like I thought it was strange. Pump Rules was the one that was dealing with Lisa's brother's suicide, right? Before. Beverly Hills had come back. Right. Um, which I think was the first sign that Lisa was kind of transitioning from Beverly right. Hills Housewives to Vanderpump Rules. Right, right. Um, anyway, I, I assume it'll be back in December. Interesting. So, listen, Liz Peitzman. Yes. What a walk down Pump Rules Lane. We need to get into some of these, these other allegedly shows. current franchises. Well, I, I mean, I... You know I love Potomac, or you? I guess you don't because you don't remember that I watch it, even though I've been talking about it. Being, I've watched it from the beginning. I've always loved Potomac. Oh my god! I com- and I completely texted you, and I was like so excited to record. Also, do you watch Potomac? Of course, I watch Potomac. <laughs> I, I, I watch Potomac. I love Potomac, Potomac, and I think it's having a really good season. Potomac is so good that let's just like dive in and talk about it. So I am obsessed with hearing everyone's thoughts on Ashley and Michael's situation. Oh God. Okay. So I want to hear from you specifically Um, Michael's situation with his own. I have a lot to say about Ashley in general. Okay. Tell me. We can start with Ashley and Michael. Okay. Um, I think they have an arrangement. You do. I think they have some sort of understanding. I okay. don't think. I don't think it's a sham marriage. Yeah, and you don't think it's I, a formal I, arrangement. It's no, just no, like no, no, a, no. Yeah. I think that they have some sort of arrangement. I think that. Um, I don't know if he's gay or bi or. So, I think he sleeps with men. You think he fully has sex with men? I don't think that grinder story that came out was was false. I think that was true. When there was a screenshot of him on Naked, Grind- and yeah. she was like, "This isn't my husband's dick." I, I mean, I, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. There's just like I, I think he's not straight. And, like, I think that she knows that. And that's fine. Um, I don't think it's behind her back. I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. I, I think that this is all... For I, a variety of reasons, I think that they are together and love each other. But there's something else going on there. I don't think that being on the DL makes you a predator. And I'm not saying no. that you're saying that, but I'm saying like that in general. But I also wonder if he was able to release some of these urges by actually like hooking up with men. I don't think we can can get on that road at all. I think that's really dangerous. What do you mean? I think it's really problematic to 
like I just don't think that he I don't think that he's having genuine sexual experiences with men I don't think that being a predator though has anything to do with that that's what I'm saying like I don't think that I don't think that like if he were like if he were having sex with guys on the side I think it he would, would make sti- him any less. I yeah, think yeah. he would still be a predator. I totally agree with I you. I mean, Tom, uh, Tom Cruise. Oh my God. A wrong well, Scientologist. John, John Travolta, Travolta. And those masseuses. John Travolta has, has gripped a lot of masseurs and that is not allegedly he's gripped a lot of masseurs. That is not, I, I think mean, that I'm sure yeah. he is still able to, if he wants to find a guy to have sex with on, on the side, I think it is about power and being into doing that. Kevin Spacey. And it, exactly. And I think that, you know, Michael, I don't think Michael's, I don't think we, you know, there are, there are obviously, there's a spectrum of predatory behavior and there's a difference between like, there are different kind. you know, it's hard to talk about this stuff because there is nuance and I don't think that like, um, I think that whatever there's, there's, there's levels obviously, but Michael clearly has does not understand boundaries. does not respect boundaries. I totally agree with you, by the way, I was trying to very poorly uh, say exactly (laughs) that. So continue, continue. Well, I just think that he, yeah, I mean, I think that he. We've seen him on the show grab guys' asses, and he says it's a friendly thing. But I don't think that Katie's boyfriend was into it, and I think that he did say Andrew. that comment about, you know, blowing Sucking. one of the husbands. Yeah, and Juan I, sausage. Was it Juan? Yeah. How do How do we know this? Because um, one of my previous guests who works at Bravo said it was Juan, and oh. I was like, "Yeah, it's." And he was like, "Oh, did I spoil it?" And I said, "No, you didn't." <laughs> I think we all know it's not the Black Bill Gates. Like we all know it's because <laughs> <laughs> he had seen further episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I big surprise by the way, you guys, that it's one. It's one. Um, yeah, I think this is all true. I think he, you know, drinks and does uncomfortable, inappropriate things and crosses lines. I, I don't. I there's no reason why that cameraman would have made that story up, and that is and lost you know, his job because he quit. I and mean, and. You know, you have to look at like, I mean, I, th- this is why when, when the allegations happen and people are like, well, it's not true. And you're like, well, why would this person lie? Like, what does he tend to gain? And I guess like, was Ashley suggesting that there was like trying to get money from it. But then the lawsuit he filed was not for money. She has been or the- extremely shady. She has even gone so far as saying because the court said that he was innocent, this should all fucking go away. And it's like, no, nobody said that. It's just that, and unfortunately, in a lot of these kinds of cases, ultimately, they feel like they don't have enough additional, like, literal evidence in which they can see themselves pursuing charges. But it has never meant that it didn't happen. It just meant that, unfortunately, prosecutors felt like they didn't have enough. Yeah. I mean, Which it, again, it does not mean it didn't happen. Because I think everybody on the planet, including probably Ashley. I mean, that Ashley deep down knows. I, I think that Ashley knows not deep down. I think she just knows. You think that Ashley is aware consciously that this happened? Yes. I can I can so easily see her having a fight with him and being like, "You really fucked things up by doing this." Like, what were you thinking? And him being like, "I grabbed his ass. It wasn't a big deal. Whatever." I can just see this. Like, I don't think that this is like they wouldn't have talked about this. But then, and I don't think that he didn't do it. And I think that he would have admitted it to her at least privately. I mean, none of this like. I think also because of how we view things like ass grabbing versus like rape, you know, yeah. it's like. 
I don't, you know, there are, like I said, there's a spectrum. And I think mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't view grabbing someone's ass as that big of a deal. And the fact that Michael did it so casually earlier seasons indicates to me that he doesn't think it's a big deal. So it's hard for me to believe that, like, it just doesn't make any sense that, like, that the, the whole thing is just, it feels very obvious to me. And I think that the way that other women have handled it, handled it has also been pretty gross, mostly. I think that, like... I think Giselle honestly was one of the best in the fact that she like supported Ashley, but also was like, yeah, I believe the accusations. And Ashley was like, how could you believe he did this? And it's like, have you not been watching this show? But also like, how could you not, you know, like there's like, it's, it's, uh, it's obviously messy. I think that like, you know, with Monique, it's like, yeah, it's hard when your friend or your friend's spouse is accused of something like this because you want to be a good friend. And so mm-hmm. you say things like, well, we can't know we weren't there. And it's like, that's true of almost every assault allegation. Right. We weren't there, you know, but we know the system is weighted against victims. And we know that, like, you know, people do not generally falsely report and they lose a lot more than they gain. So I don't know. It seems pretty clear cut to me. And I think that it's been... um it's been sad watching it play out, but it's also been really, I think an important story to tell. It's a, it's a very, um, I wrote, I wrote a, a newsletter post about this, but I think that it's like housewives has sort of like, you know, goes back and forth in terms of like politics, but I feel like it sort of got it into like, um, me too stuff this year with the Kavanaugh, you know, fight mm-hmm. on Beverly Hills. And then mm-hmm. with, with this Michael storyline, it's like, we're really seeing sort of this play out in a very real way of like how mm-hmm. people deal with these accusations when they happen to someone they know, because it's different to say like, yes, I believe victims. And yes, I like, you know, and I'm, you know, consent is everything is like Karen says, like, it's easy to say that, but when it actually is like affecting your social group, it's, it's, you know, interesting to me to see how that plays out. I feel like Karen has handled this incredibly well. I disagree. (gasps) Why? She's the one that's constantly raising the importance of consent. And then made a rape joke. When did she make a rape joke? When she said, your husband should watch out when he bends down for the soap. Oh yeah. Well, you can't, I'm sorry, but you can't, you, you just, you, you absolutely cannot say consent is everything and then make a rape joke like a second later. It's just not going to fly overall. I think that yes, she understands the importance of consent, but that's yeah. kind of what I mean. Right. Because like she can say that, but she's so angry and like fired up about this because right. of her personal feelings about Michael and Ashley that she then casually makes a rape joke because she's just like pissed off. Right. She, like, and I'm not saying that like none of us have that. like, I'm not yeah. saying that none of us have, you know, crossed a line because if we were like passionate, I'm just saying that's, that's what happens when you're not dealing in like theoreticals, you're dealing with these people that you actually don't like. And so, you know, whatever. The concern to me, if Ashley truly knows that this happened and or believes it and or had a conversation with Michael about it after the fact, why immediately start trying for a child or continue? I just don't understand I think she desperately it. wanted a kid. And I also think, I will say what one of the things that like really, really rankled me about Candace this season and like Candace, I think is like off the deep end in yeah, so many ways. God bless her. Thank God for Candace. She's... Like I, I can't she's with her. She's such a mess. But when she and because her mom is horrible, and I think yep. that she's just taking that out on everyone else. Yep. The when she um, implied that they weren't actually upset about their miscarriage because their marriage is a shame, I thought that was really cruel and not true at all. I think Ashley. I don't know about Michael because he's so weird about everything. Mm-hmm. I think Ashley very much wanted a baby. I think she actually was mourning that miscarriage. I think of that like it's really crazy to be like no it's a sham marriage so she can't possibly be upset about this like that seems 
doesn't even follow logic to me. Like, yeah, it can be both a sham marriage and she can both be <laughs> right. obsessed with she having was, a kid. Right. Um, but that's why she kept trying. And also because she's like, I think that she's, if not desperate for normalcy, desperate for the appearance of normalcy. Like, watching them this season, has the season of Ashley and Michael has been really kind of cringy to watch because they're trying so hard to appear like a normal couple. And every time, like... I generally like default to like Michael is just not straight. Like he's, he's into guys too. But when Ashley tries to be sexy with him, I I'm like, maybe he's just gay because that scene was so awkward. And I, and I, and I, I don't like saying that because I think that like, it really annoyed me how long it took the women to acknowledge that bisexuality exists and that it's possible that Michael could be into Ashley and also men because they kept calling him gay. Um, At the same time, like, whenever Ashley tries to be sexual with him, it is so uncomfortable. It is so fake seeming. I also, like there was, yeah. the, there was the, you know what I'm talking about? The, the whipped cream and she's like right, licking he, his right, disgusting that, yes. hairy and then Australian then, chest. And then, in the, and then in the last episode when she was like, do you have time for a quickie? And it was just like and similar him, to Bronwyn and her husband going exactly into that room. I and thinking. I was like, your men are gay. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna They're gay, throw that out there. But also I, don't want to see this weird housewife porno e kind of vibe where like they're pretending or preparing to fuck each other and it's in a tub with bubbles or it's in it's their very weird OC, love isn't shot. it? It's like well, Tamara and Eddie. Tamara and Eddie also Joe and Slade with the maid's outfit where disgusting. you're like where you're like you, we don't think that you like immediately start fucking when the cameras are there. Like we know this is not, which makes it worse. Like at no, least somebody it's... should have a happy ending because the viewers definitely. The thing is, aren't. like Tamara and Eddie, like actually have one of the more stable relationships I think in in any franchise, regardless of how I feel I'm about winking. Tamara. <laughs> well, no, I mean, oh, because you think Eddie's gay. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that whole. I actually, that actually, you're right. Right. There's a lot. Firm. Right. We, I don't. I don't know. My point is confusing. that, like, I was very turned off by them early on because of the bathtub scene, where I was like, "Why would you want them to film this? Like, why would you be like, guys, we're gonna do a sexy bathtub scene? Like, what are you doing?" And I think Tamara thought, "I'm coming off of this terrible divorce. I want to show that I'm winning. So here is my hot whatever. Let's pretend to fuck." It was too much for me. It was too much for me in the sense that this week with Bronwyn with that terrible outfit in their weird condo with Sean, who a lot of people are, you know, people are saying he might be gay. People are saying they think he's attractive, and I'm like, you. You guys, oh. people, I, I don't know who need people are not the luckiest people in the world. Like, it's just like, it was not good right. for me. It was um, not. Well, we'll get to OC. Yeah, but we back should, to Potomac. Oh, well, okay. So I, I'm struggling with Ashley for a lot of reasons. Yeah, tell me your thoughts. Well, I just don't really, there's a lot about her that I just don't buy. And like, she she constantly is like stirring up drama and then say, this is classic housewives when she starts with drama and is like acting like she's not doing that when she's like, they kind of all, especially on Potomac, they sort of all do that where they all say, yeah, I think pers- she's like a skilled ninja at this. Like, thank God for her. I just like, I, I just find a lot of her storylines to be disingenuous. Um, but like in the best possible way. Yeah. Uh, the stuff with her dad. Oof. I have a really complicated response to, and I'm going to get canceled for this. Oh, great. I, well, Series listen, finale. I do think, <laughs> I do think it was really sad. I believe that like, she's estranged from her father. I believe all that happened. That is very sad. Um, and I, have compassion i also think that it is ridiculous to bring a camera crew to your estranged father's house 
and expect to be embraced. I'm sorry, but there was a camera crew. Yeah, they weren't they weren't film is similar to Kenya with her mom. Right. They weren't like filming at the door, but she was in full makeup. I'm sure the lighting, he saw the camera guys in the right. fucking so driveway. I, just, I, have a, I have like a really hard time with this because I'm like, no one's acknowledging the fact that like if you genuinely and I maybe her I, her dad seems like a horrible person. I'm not saying he yeah, would he have seems em- like a piece of shit. I, I'm not saying he would have like embraced her, but I just like have a really hard time with them not acknowledging the fact that like there's a difference between reaching out to your estranged parent and then bringing an entire reality show crew there and filming it for a show and acting like you're just kind of trying to repair your relationship. Like it's not the same thing as like whatever. The fact that she'd already reached out to him and he blocked her indicates he doesn't Mm. want to, you know, he doesn't want to see you. He doesn't want to talk to you. He's an asshole. He hasn't talked to his sister since 2010. He hasn't talked to mom in 23 years or something crazy. Yeah. So more than that. Yes. She had every right to confront him and see if he would talk to her. That's fine. But like, what did she think was going to happen with the camera crew? Can I ask you a question? Do you think that she did this to distract from the Michael stuff? Or do you think this had already been plotted out and the timing of it? She was like, let's just go into the next arc. Uh, I really don't know. The Michael stuff happened so much earlier than we saw it on the show that it's possible. She was trying to come up with another storyline. I hate to say that because I do think that she is genuinely like, she has genuine pain about her lack of a, you know, her father's absence in her life and how he's treated her. Totally. So I don't want to make it seem like I don't believe that. I just feel like as a storyline, it was clearly orchestrated and that like her whole, like, well, I'm going to have a kid. So I need to, or I'm trying to get pregnant. So I better like reunite with my father. Who's never like, it just, it all seemed very, you know, it was done for the cameras and, and was also honestly, genuinely depressing. It was depressing, but I, I don't know. I just like really. Can you imagine that's the first time she's like seen her father IRL in the sense that she can remember him like aside yes. from being maybe no, like I, an infant I, it was, baby. It was awful. And he, 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 he essentially disowns her again, which she had, he's already done sort of like spiritually just through his right. distance and disavowal of her and refusal to communicate to her. And then he opens the door and gives her a face and shuts it and locks it. I mean, that is just whether or not it was done for production purposes, which certainly it was. I think, right. I, I think it's r- sad. It is. It is definitely sad. I just like, that's part of what I mean, that there's something that feels a little bit inorganic about a, l- a lot inorganic about it. And I think that one of the things that frustrates me occasionally about like reality TV broadly is that like this sort of refusal to break the fourth wall means that we're not acknowledging the fact that like this person who wants nothing to do with the rest of his, you know, with his, with his estranged daughter, with his sister, with any of these people is not going to be more likely to answer the door and talk to you when you have a fucking camera crew and you're filming it for television. Like I just have a really hard time with that. And I'm not saying I'm on his side remotely. I think he again is awful. I just think that like, there's a huge elephant in the room. I totally agree with you. And it goes back to exactly your point, which is they weren't looking for him to engage with her. They knew that he, that he wouldn't more than likely the chances were, and they did it anyway, which I would think would further damage her, but maybe it didn't because she seemed like, you know, when no, she, she got was... back to the hotel, she got a, maybe a little bit of closure. Maybe I'm being too optimistic about no, it. No, I but... think she, I don't know. I just, the whole thing rang false to me. And I, and I like, believing her pain but also feeling like this was such a storyline and that like it was the only outcome that could have happened it wasn't like bravo reached out to him first and was like can we film on your property they ambushed him and i don't have any moral qualms about ambushing a bad person like that but it's not to me how you like repair anything 
I wonder, it did give me a little bit more of a window into why she feels so, not forced to, but like it's her absolute obligation to fully support her mother because she really, that's her only parent who has accepted her who has I guess, cared I mean, for yeah her. I mean you're you're you've given this more thought than I have because I feel like the longer I watch this show and the season in particular I just don't believe anything about Ashley I really I'm become Candace like I believe like things like that she wants to have a kid and I believe that her pain over her miscarriage was real I'm, I'm not saying that I just think that she has a Tamra like ability to create <gasps> story how dare you I'm sorry but I just I don't I don't buy a lot of it and I and I just like I, something about about Ashley has started to feel so artificial to me that I can't really, you know, I don't know. I don't believe it. I believe that she is enormously talented and has been so beneficial to the franchise by stirring up shit and stirring yes, up plot. Yes. I don't think it's as manufactured as Tamara, who I genuinely think is like artificial in her soul. Um, Which isn't to say that I don't have moments where I like her. I actually like enjoyed her this week. I don't know why. Um, And I am disgusted at myself for saying so. But um, I with Tamara Tamara pretending to not support Trump is at least a point in her favor. I think she voted for him, but she acting like she doesn't support him makes me like her more, which because I'm I'm easy as shit. And also like they're so conservative in general on that show that like any point against Trump from them feels like a win to me. It is interesting, just to sidebar into this for one second. It is interesting that in one of her interviews this week, I want to say it was with people, but I forget. It was I like watched some the, sort the, of it was with people one people, where she where she well, said she that threw, she doesn't support him. Well she threw Vicky under the yes, bus. Yes, and I, she I was, tweeted about this. She she oh, you like did? Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's very Tamara to find a way to remind everyone that Vicky's a Trump supporter. Because, right, because she said like Vicky called and was like, yes. Thanks, Ryan, for loving his country. Yes, Make yes, America yes, yes. Orange County right. again. Um Orange County, which by the way votes blue now, so Fuck you all. They have Katie Porter, who's an angel sent from heaven, don't they? That um, congresswoman who's like, I follow that her on Twitter. That sounds right. Sorry, uh, conservative listeners, but also um, you're on the wrong side of history. Okay. Um, Karen, back to Potomac. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask you a question which comes to me via satchel from Wendy in Baton Rouge? Yes. She says... I think people are forgetting that Monique had a lot to do with the demise of Giselle and Sherman's relationship, whether directly or indirectly. I think most of Giselle's reaction to Monique stems from this anger, and I totally understand it. She thought she found the man of her dreams, her forever, after looking for so long, and the drama of the show largely orchestrated by Monique ruined that. Agree, disagree? Disagree. I was shaking my head the whole time. Yeah. I think Sherman sucks. Sherman, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. He was matter. the worst. Well, but that's what I mean. Like, then why are we blaming Monique for Sherman, like, running away? I don't think... Because she brought his ex around and tried to get her on the show? Yeah. Okay, like, yes, they've all been shady to each other. I mean, all these, like, Potomac women are fascinating because I feel like they all, they somehow get along better and worse in every other city. Yes. Like, they, they manage to get together and, like, have fun, like, consistently, and they make yep. up constantly. Yep. But they also, like, are... They're always picking, like, they're always fighting with every other person in that group. They are always, like, stirring shit up. They're I, very, I mean, they're they're good at both, you know? But they manage to get along. And I, I just feel like, I don't think Monique is, is, like, especially to blame for Giselle's relationship falling apart. I don't know that Monique is to blame for it, but I think that may carry some water with why Giselle seems to be especially triggered by Monique. That Whether or not Monique contributed to the downfall of that relationship, Giselle might harbor some ill will for her, whether or not it's unfounded. 
I guess. I think that like because this is a show where they're constantly fighting and making up, like I just don't think that that's worth harboring a grudge about. Like if, you know, they all seem like they're able to forgive each other and Monique is like tight with Ashley now. So like for Giselle to still be mad about the Sherman stuff feels silly to me. And yet that entrance at poor, unfortunate Robin's <laughs> housewarming where people are like, this is a dangerous neighborhood. Someone offered me drugs also, while like, I was parking. Also like, I'm sorry, but I'm supposed to like have sympathy for, for Robin who didn't know the cardinal <laughs> rule, which is that you never invite all the ladies to something that you're taking seriously. Or if you are annoyed at them show. popping <laughs> off, you say something. You don't wait until they're like, the pot is no longer boiling. Right. It's back to a simmer to be like, hey guys, what's up? You you actually stop it or participate it in some way. You don't walk away and pretend that the loud noises aren't happening. But that moment where Monique or, or Giselle arrives and Monique gives her a hug or vice versa. Yeah. And Giselle's like, Monique what gives the her fuck? a hug and Giselle's like, you're going to hug me now after you've said that I don't. That but was by the weird. Way, but, but when they showed the flashback, that was Ashley's fault because Ashley said that Monique was like, I don't really think that Katie and, or sorry, I don't think that Giselle um, and Robin like me very much. And then we saw the actual clip and it was like Monique saying, I think they don't take me, I don't think they take my problems as seriously or they don't like, they're dismissive of my problems, which like is a normal complaint to make about friends. That is not like a crazy, like they hate me thing that Ashley was making it out to be. Monique was saying, I feel like they minimize my feelings. And then Giselle minimized her feelings. Right. When she tried to describe it. I mean, Um, my God. I do think Giselle is like a top level housewife. Yeah, She's one of the, she's She's, one of the goats. She's one of the greatest of all time. She, um... She's the reason why Potomac works as well as it does for a variety of reasons. And I think she also has what I love about so many of the like top housewives in that she is like expert at stirring shit up very much in the fray, very much willing to like get down and dirty, but also is like funny commentary, voice of reason, like the smart one. Like, you know what I mean? She has like the, she goes back and forth. She's genuinely funny and it's not just mean. And some of these housewives fall into the trap where they think being mean is funny. And it's like, no, no, that's not it. Like Bethany has had some rough moments when she thinks she's being funny and it just becomes catty. Right. Giselle understands what the best kind of funny, how the best kind of funny can play out. And she utilizes it. She's incredibly smart. She also has a (laughs) a short, she doesn't have the best memory for the things she said, which God bless. And her reaction to it is like, I didn't say that. Oh, you, I did say that. Oh, what did she well. say? She was like, I'll write her a note or something. <laughs> like it was just the response was so, so good and so tightly crafted. I, I. Oh, that was, that was when she was talking about how her therapist would be mad at her. <laughs> Dr. When, Ken. When, and he was like, she was like, I'll write him a note. God bless her. I love her. Giselle. Do you think Potomac has the most likable cast of any franchise? Oh, I don't know. I don't think any of the casts are overwhelmingly like overwhelmingly likable. I think there's always like a few that I really like. You mean I, a few individuals, but yeah, not the collective? Yeah, Potomac. Like I love Giselle. Um, I I do like Monique this season. I love especially. Monique this season. My God. Um, I, I like Robin. I don't think she's great on the show. I just like. I usually like Robin. Um, but who do you like? Who else do you like on Potomac? I mean, I was just thinking about it in the sense that I was rewatching this week, this week's episode this morning, and I just found myself thinking, like, as a collective, I think this franchise is the most overall likable. You know, my favorite 
like the Valentine of the franchises to me is New York. But right. I think that from the perspective of looking at this show, I mean, obviously I don't want to be like besties with Candace. Well, I, just think, I just think, I think that they're like, overall really likable. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, may- maybe. I don't know. I guess that's like with like Ashley and Karen and Candace. I just don't feel like, like I, I don't, I can't, I can't, but, but I, I mean, but yeah. n- I think New York is probably the most likable to me because I'm shaking my head now. No, I know. Well, I, for the listeners, yeah. The only person in New York, the person in New York that I like can't fuck with is Ramona. Right, right, right. right. That's why I'm shaking my head now. I feel like the but the, there's always one. Like Ramona is like a bad person. Um, Dorinda is a good person with a problem, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a good way. Uh, but like, but I, but I, but I love the New York reunion because it was like they all made up at the end, which I was, yeah. I love when that happens. Yeah. And like Luann, like came as far as she will come toward being like I was an asshole yeah that she's walking back in every interview what she's saying she's not wasn't in on like Jenny McCarthy I think yesterday she's like it wasn't me cabaret <laughs> whatever <laughs> come to my show anyway I'm a star the point is Luann like Luann is like Feeling awful a lot of the time but body. she's like doing her best like she's trying to not she's be trying awful. to survive I don't know I think New York is, I think New York is likable I think Potomac is likable I just think that I wouldn't say it's like the most likable franchise. I just think if we look at each cast member as forming a spectrum, I look at Potomac and I don't think anyone goes as far left as like, for example, Ramona, you know, like they don't have anyone. No one's as heinous as Ramona you're saying. Right. Like I think she kills it for New York because she's so awful. And I just find myself sympathizing with all of the women. on. That's true. I mean, I think that, I think that Karen is the closest in terms of like, she displays Ramona-ish behavior to me, but she's not as mean. Yeah, and not I still as, like, love her. Not as soul- she's not soulless. Yeah, she's not. Um, Like Ramona. Um, or like, you know, there are other soulless houses. I won't name them all, but we know who we they are. We don't have time. We know who they are. So, um, most of OC. I... <laughs> Yeah, I really like Potomac. It's it's having a really good season. I'm Such a good I'm season. very anxious about next week's episode because of um, Katie. Uh, because of Katie, I, I, we've talked about this I think before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Katie should be on TV. I think she's really troubled, and I think that um, I I worry about her, and I also just like I'm not comfortable having her on TV. I think it's irresponsible um, of Bravo to give her a platform. And I know that you are correct, and I also think Katie online aside from the obviously horrors that we've seen uh, several months ago which we're not going to reference except here i go um she has been calling out hashtag chester the molester so much that i appreciate it she's been calling oh, out like michael. michael yeah and yeah she I- got disinvited from the reunion as a result and i'm nervous for what how she's gonna have her kelly Clorn ben simone moment but i'm just kind of va- like vacay, but- right i'm kind of like well what <sighs> Did she really get disinvited because of what she said about Michael? Like, is that like there has to be? Is there not more to that story? I know that she's saying that Bravo like fucked her over, but I don't know the whole story. Well, she's directly calling out production and said that a lot of this was manufactured because of the whole thing with Monique's cousin and the like the last snippet of audio and oh, she says that didn't happen or that she says that it was manufactured and and because you can hear Monique's cousin's voice saying like Hey Mike, Mike, whatever she thinks that meant. It's all manufactured, except she does believe that Michael Darby is a predator. How, I don't understand how it's both. She can have it both ways. Because the way, I mean, I don't know how it. She's calling out the reality show and saying it's not totally real, and but she's not disavowing his poor behavior. I don't know. And production I, was like, ring, ring, bye, bye. Yeah, I mean, go back to the farm. I I just don't. I worry about Katie. 
I worry about Katie. I'm concerned for what's going to happen on this vacay to the Cayman Island, Listen, Islands. Listen, there's a lot of... They I, there are plenty of women on these shows that I say it's irresponsible to have them on television, like Danielle. But Danielle is why New Jersey came back and was great again. So... Yeah, and I'm Danielle clearly gets... conflicted about these things. I don't think I think that Danielle is dangerous and should not be on television. But also, like, thank God, you know. So like, and she gets full on fire during this upcoming season. Like does she, she, yeah, they exile her. Like even even Tree is like, I won't do this because there's oh, I know some that sort of physical and... altercation with Margaret. Oh, is that what happens? Mm-hmm. I know that Tree and Danielle are on the outs again, but I didn't know that she was like fired. Yeah, that no one will no one will film with her. Well. But again, it's like, how do you fire a friend of? It's not really firing. It's just like well, your time is. Right. Yeah, your time is done. Like you're not. It, but Danielle was a friend of who was very much part of every seat. Like she was fully right. on the show. She just, they just wouldn't give her full time status. Yeah. Anyway. Nightmare. So. Can't wait. Pat- I can't wait for Jersey to come back, honestly, because I need Margaret in my life. Oh, my God. When I I interviewed her at um this like game night at a hotel at the Moxie Times Square a couple months ago and she is a fucking delight. Ugh, I love her. Yeah, I can't wait to do a long form with her and sit down and like shoot the shit because she similar sort of to Dorinda ish and kind of what we thought was gonna happen with Erica Jane that didn't. She's just <laughs> such like a she's like a true like next generation but feels like an OG. Right. Like she's so good. I don't want to compare her to Giselle because I feel like it's almost unfair to Giselle in the sense, or maybe it's not. I just think Giselle is like a plus, 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 plus. And I think Margaret is very close to that. Margaret is, yeah, top. Uh, Margaret's your husband's in the pool just made her to me. Or the the fight that they had when she made, what's her name? Jennifer. Was it Jennifer? Where she like made her like lunge at the table? Jen. Was that, is it the housewife I forget about? The one who Jen like, Aiden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Margaret like accused was, her husband. Yeah, yeah at of, the like, table. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that whole fight was just unreal. Your husband's in the pool is one of, <laughs> like, I can't even say it without laughing. It is one of the best moments of all time of anything. It is so quick. It is so funny. It is so, like, matter of fact. She said when I, I think it was when I was speaking to her, she was like, we didn't even know it was being recorded. Now, whether or not we believe that, I actually kind of believe it. I believe she it. says it in such a way where it's like, boom, under her breath. The Jersey Housewives, when they fight, it feels like they would be having those fights without the cameras, where as opposed to some other se- se- uh, some other cities where I'm like, I don't know that I believe when Melissa Gorga goes. From no, 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 not all of them, or yeah. not when like Jacqueline came back and was like fighting with Teresa for the cameras. Talk like, about a mental no, 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 breakdown. No, no, that, Jesus that is Christ. different. But overall, like we know because we know when Teresa flipped that table, it was not for the cameras. She was just angry. I believe that a lot of the anger on those on that show and that fighting is like a lot more organic to me and alcohol based. <laughs> Speaking of organic, yeah, I want to talk about Bronwyn. <laughs> no, one of the greatest of all time, at least specific to this season, when it comes to organic reactivity, shall we say? Okay, her holiness of the holiest of holy, um, Madame Kelly Dodd, oh, sweet uh-huh. Christ! I the pig emoji. Are we are we are we transitioning to OC? We are trans. Great. We are fully transitioning. Great. I can't wait. Um, I have watched it a couple times and I've watched it. We were just talking about this before we started recording because T Kyle has done stuff and, and, um, Frank, Frank has done some, who works at watch what happens live. Watch what happens. I think he works at watch what happens live. Somewhere within the, within the mothership. 
it's like I listened to that audio. First off, the pig emoji in and of itself is my God. But the part where she starts laughing, where she's like, ha, 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 ho, ho, ho. <laughs> it's like, it's this really, is it's really good. I Santa loved, from the underworld. I loved also that like we finally got, we already knew that Vicky got a, got a nose job because Slade called her a pig on stage. But like that for a long time was kind of an unspoken thing. Do you mm-hmm. remember? Like that was like, I remember when like, because I watched OC late and like watched all of it together. And like, mm-hmm. I was so horrified by Slade's like quote unquote comedy set. And I was like, this is like horrible. And then Kate was like, yeah. And there was like, you know, people think that that's why Vicky got all her work done because like mm-hmm. Slade called her Miss Piggy. Mm-hmm. So to have Tamara just like spell it out like that was like very gratifying. And also like what a flashback. And also her nose doesn't look different. I don't think she looked. You think? Oh, it's so different. I, it doesn't like the actual nostril part doesn't There's look so different much you can to do. Me. It looks different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really oh, does. Vicky looks very. Vicky's work now is great. Vicky looks amazing. Vicky did not look good right after she had her work. Yeah, done. the clam bake was not a great moment. It <laughs> was great lo- for Vicky, us. Vicky looks great now. She does. Shout look- out to her plastic, plastic surgeon. She looks amazing. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't think it's Kelly Dodd's ex boyfriend as of yesterday. But Yikes. yeah, I think it's somebody else. That guy, <laughs> Doctor Brian Regan, gives me <laughs> such. Uh, Brooks vibes I can't even tell you it is the creepiest thing he's so like it's so creepy I find him to be so unsettling real you think it's as bad as Brooks in that it's like to- he's like totally manipulating this person I don't think it's the same in that Brooks like watched the show and studied Vicky which like who hasn't <laughs> like we're all we're all kind of studying Vicky you also like martinis with blue cheese olives oh my god it's love um it's so weird. I'm always thinking about like filling love tanks. Like, I don't know if that appeals to you at all, that metaphor, but like, have you ever heard of a love tank? Anyway, um, no, it's not like that, but I think that he is so like, he's like an uncanny valley human. Like, he's just like so vacant and like, I find him, I, I mean, he makes my skin crawl, honestly. I do not like him. And I think he just wanted to be on TV to promote his like business. I have never been so horrified and felt so disrespected in my life than when he gave the, her those diamond drip earrings, which <laughs> what the fuck? And it was like a straight and I looked them up. They're like thirty eight hundred dollars, which is a lie. That is that is a that is horrible. Like apologies to the diamond district, because <laughs> what the fuck was that? And he's like, oh, a new designer. So she a designer like DM'd him on Insta and was like, I'll send you whatever you want. Just right. give me a shout out. I'll give you these like I'm sure they cost twenty two fifty for some poor child in Taiwan to build out of whatever. He, Disgusting. He's he's awful. And then she has bad taste in men, though, because now she's dating some Fox News guy. Oh, yeah, I don't. Here's the thing. Kelly, I mean, she said on like social yesterday, she was like, thank God for I made a great choice in marrying Michael because he's a great dad. And I'm sure Michael might be a great dad. He seems like he has been a terrible ex-husband when he essentially bullied her into like not being able to divorce divorce him the first time. But I'm glad that they're at least getting along now. It seems like they had a very unhealthy relationship for a very long time. Right. Um, Yeah, she has terrible taste. I mean, shout out to Kelly, who is doing the work of the gods just on social media. Like I took I don't know if any of this I took screenshots of what she responds to essentially almost anyone that posts. And so some after she said um, 
that she's like, we broke up. I'm deeply sad and I only wish him the best. Good luck. You're a talented surgeon. I love you deeply. You're a talented surgeon. Right. See whomever. Maybe it's this guy that they broke up with. We broke up. And um, so here's some of the things that a listener said. I thought giving you a gift over his desk was very cold and odd. Makes sense now. She says he never gave me a gift after that. Um, He's thirsty AF. Hashtags on he's hashtagging real housewives on the breakup post that he made seriously hashtag by she says goes to show you um someone said you used him for his money she said he has none are you joking uh someone comments on this guy rick from fox that she's fucking she says yes and sexy af um someone said used him for free for services and then dumped him she said i get my shit for free um trust me he didn't do shit for me uh she tags her plastic surgeon of choice someone says i think he was just trying to promote himself wasn't a fan she said i agree i now feel used other people tell her he had a creepy or opportunist rapey vibe to him and she said everyone says that which he had a, i will say he had a creepy vibe he had a, he, he had he has a very creepy vibe i do not like him it makes me uncomfortable i think it's also like as we said before, like the idea that you would date someone for three months, then like be like, I love my boyfriend all over the show. feels so short-sighted to me and very Kelly. Yeah. And then they broke up, then they got back together and then she announced her breakup again on like Insta from Insta stories from Greece or something. Okay. Like, God bless. So speaking of creepy, what did you think of poor, sweet, lovable, incredibly intelligent minor child, Jolie getting DMs from team Vicky saying her mom is, I don't everything her mom is everything makes me sad it made me sad how mature I mean I was like good for you Jolie and being so responsible and mature and understanding that as a 12 year old I should not be receiving that like when Kelly's like well social media is just awful you shouldn't be private which I was like she's a child like what are you saying yeah there seems to be a shift with both the housewives and production as a whole of featuring the children more as cast members giving them confessionals right. I mean, they gave, they're giving shannon's kids confessionals it's it's I, mean, I don't love it the thing is like they're hearkening back to early oc the original oc was a family show very yeah. much so and like brianna and know, michael yeah, yeah, the, yeah the keo kids were very like were cast Boy, members they. so yeah. like i it's weird that they're doing that again and it makes sense with shannon's kids because they're older now and like they can do it but also like it happened seemed seems like it was a very abrupt shift where suddenly we're getting like and these confessionals. They're not that old. Um, what's her face? Sophie is 17 and the twins are, I think like 14 or 15. I, I'm, yeah. I'm uncomfortable in the sense that I don't want them to be opened up to this kind of, of abuse. And it's obviously so undeserved. And I really have to wonder what kind of fan thinks showing their devotion to a certain housewife requires being incredibly well, are, abusive online to minor who kids like, who don't d- get it. They don't get the real people. They never, there's like a ton of reality show viewers who just like do not, they think they know everything based on what they see on TV and they don't understand that they're, these are real people. And they don't understand the boundaries of like not, you know, they're, it's horrible. And I think they get off from it, which is why I I'm, they, yeah, it's terrifying it's, to me. I don't like it. I don't like that, that people will be going after a 12 year old girl. Obviously, um, it just takes a really unwell person to like 
think that that's a normal thing to do. Well, if we're going to talk about all things um, minor kids, I have a couple satchels that are related to that. Satchel from Jackson, Chicago. Sorry, this is just me ranting because I have no one else to talk to. Jax, you always, guys, I love hearing from you. Never apologize and always get in touch with me. And I love, love long form DMs for real. You are part of the AG family. Um, But just started watching RHOC and uh, quote unquote, wouldn't want to get bloated before photos. Shannon's daughter. Shannon has done irreparable damage to these girls. This makes me think about my own mother. And if I had a daughter, if I have a daughter, I've asked her so many times not to speak disparaging about her body in front of me because it upsets me so much. And I take it to be about me. And if I have a daughter, I would be more, much more strict. Quoth Bethany, this is a crisis. And I'm with you. I love Shannon, but I wish she wouldn't talk about her body or weight in front of her daughters. Um, I think that's complicated. I think that it's easy to say that you wouldn't make those comments in front of your kids, but no one's perfect. And I don't think that Shannon is giving her kids a complex any more than like everyone is giving kids a complex because we live in a society that that tells people that being anything but thin is wrong. So I have a hard time like... I think Shannon is especially obsessed with it in a way that is different from anybody else on that franchise. Absolutely. Her entire it's yeah I don't know her entire I, don't, I usually don't connected with I don't exterior. I don't forgive I I mean I'm not forgiving of Shannon I think that Shannon is has made a, so many mistakes I just think that like it's weird to I don't know I don't know if she's like I think that like the way the show treated her and the way that like the people around her treated her when she gained weight was as damaging as Shannon herself being obsessed with losing weight I mean that was in part because she was constantly being told that she was fat and ugly. I think it was also because she was so forced on trying to figure out a way to care and show love to herself, which was substituted with eating things that, you know, weren't maybe great for her because she was going through an incredibly difficult marriage and trying to deal with the fact that in a couple months there would be episodes showing allegations of abuse that Vicky was like whispering to Kelly about David and Shannon. And that was her reaction to it. And I do think that this is how she looks and, and which is related to how she feels is incredibly important to Shannon and you know she had those sad scenes back in the day of like we have quinoa bowls I'm very depressed I feel a terrible about my body and that has been a huge arc and I I I did cringe a a little bit when um Sophie said that and I cringed in previous episodes where she was talking about her sister's body yes I think that Shannon absolutely has it bears some responsibility for that. Totally. I, I just, I just think that like, never do there's such it. a, there's a yeah. much bigger problem in like societally than Shannon saying that. And I think also like, or that Shannon kind of talking about her own body. And then also it's very easy to say that you wouldn't talk about that in front of your kids, but like she's on a TV show that they are, that they watch. She's, she's struggling with her body image in a way that like, I think would be kind of impossible to keep from them entirely. But you know, I, I think like Rinna talks about this too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think Rinna made her daughter anorexic, but she, being in being in Hollywood, being being an actress, being you know also really conscious of her body and her right. weight, like had an impact on her daughter. And it's not like as simple as saying like, I won't do it. Right, or, right, or and it's not simple as, as blaming her for that when it's like, it's part of a larger issue with 
society and with the entertainment industry. Here is the only pushback I would say to you. It's not about saying I would never do it. It's about being conscious of the damage that it can do to your kids. Right. That's something that Shannon wasn't aware of. And that's something that Rinna wasn't aware of until she and her family have gone through this terrible experience with her child, you know, struggling with and being like a survivor of anorexia. Right. And Shannon is not conscious of the damage it's doing to her kids. That's the that's the right. change I would do is not to say... But also, I like, will never I, do it. But being conscious sure, of the damage. But also, like leave Orange County. Like this is you're just in a toxic place. Well, like, yeah, and I think that this is the issues that again the issues that Shannon has is triggered by toxicity. That's not just being on the show. It's not just being in Orange County. Although I'm sure that's a huge part of it. It's also like, you know, her marriage was toxic. Right. A lot of her, you know, I'm sure areas in her life that we didn't even see were toxic. You could maybe even tie that up to her obsession with being green and everything being healthy and light. Maybe because that's something she can control versus, you know, this human person that she was married to who didn't maybe like her a whole lot. It, it's it's layered, which I think, you know, we're on the same page. It's yeah. just a matter of shifting the absolute because nothing in life is absolute. Yeah. I mean, except for my hatred of Danielle Stubb. Um, <laughs> so, Oive, I have a... S- okay, <laughs> let's do Bronwyn after this Great. because this is a lot. Um, I, uh, I... I'm scared. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. We're not going to talk about it for a lot. Satchel from Jane in Baltimore. I am way behind, but finally listening to AG episode 118. So you're not that far behind because that was last week. My take on Ryan and Tamra is super dark. I feel like Ryan has always had power and control over Tamra in the way a controlling or manipulative spouse does. Despite him consistently doing crappy things, he can always manipulate or gaslight her into supporting him. When they were in the foyer, I do foyer and foyer, by the way. When they were in the foyer or foyer and we see Tamra. I think it's foyer. It is? I think so. Fine. Foyer? Potato. Um orange and we see Tamara visibly bite her tongue I interpreted it as her learned behavior from her experience being the abused spouse a man Ryan was threatening her and using his physical and emotional power over her to force her to accept his will I recognize this may seem over the top but I think it's a learned behavior and learned dynamic in their relationship where she has never ever been in the parent role did you see the the uh, screenshots of text between Ryan and and his, his baby mama his baby mama who by the way has lo- who by the way owns i think four guns and lost at least one of her parents to gun suicide to, to suicide was, by gun I think, where he says go kill yourself or like i'll do it for you bullet. yeah that's it's cool and he calls it their daughter a bitch um i think cool ryan guy. is off the deep end and abusive and horrible i don't i mean yes are you saying are you saying do I agree with that reading of Tamara's relationship with him? I think it's more complicated than that, but I, I do think that um I don't know if Tamara like feels scared of him. I think I, I just think that like they've always had a weird dynamic. She like she had him when she was young and she, they've always behaved a little bit like she's she has never seemed like an authority figure with him at all. Yeah. Even like really early on, no, it felt like Simon was the authority figure. And when when he like got the lip tattoo, and yep. she was like, I don't know, it was, she was never, she just never really seemed like a mom to him. And when he got um, steroids and had to deal with like the surgery that he had or whatever the hell it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I I don't know, but he is really creeping me out this season. Like he's making me so uncomfortable, and I think that like. Uh, 
I giving him confessionals, I was like, why are we doing this? And allegedly this whole Michigas with with Ryan and Spencer continues yeah, through the I mean, season I saw until the, they have the a dinner. Interview. Right, until yeah. they have like a sit down. I mean, it is it's reminiscent to me of Shane and Gina Keo mm-hmm. when Shane was a piece of shit and was super verbally abusive to her. Yeah. And she like went to Chicago to watch him play like softball or was JV soccer, yeah. whatever the fuck it was. And he was like, I want you to die. And she was like, cool, cool, cool. Like pass the catch up. Like it, it's awkward to me because it feels like these women have such enormous guilt about toxic relationships that their kids have grown up in that they selectively ignore the behavior of their now adult children. And right. they, put it the blame on themselves or they deny its existence or they play it off or they manipulate it and use it for camera. I don't think Gina did that with Shane. I don't think it was too early in the franchise for her to even think of doing that, but it definitely feels like Tamara is using this and using her kids. But also Tamara, of course is going to be more afraid of of estranging a child when she has one who won't talk to her. Like I think that she genuinely fears you know ryan abandoning her and i think that's because she lost her daughter and yet one down three to go because she lost her daughter because of parental alienation whatever but also because she continued to talk about her kids on the show so what does she think is gonna happen i i i I, i'm not the tamra situation with sydney is like very complicated and i think like i think that like Simon's also a horrible person, so I don't really know the yeah. full scope no, of it. No, but totally, like totally. we've seen proof that like Tamara, you know, agreed to like keep him the off the show or off social media, and then did it. Like, right? I don't think that she's blameless. I'm saying that like aside from that, I think on some level she clearly wants Ryan around both for herself and for the show, yeah. And was is not going to like speak up against him even when he's threatening to like threatening his his brother with violence because of their. Because his brother rightfully called him a racist. Who does Ryan have in his life? And I think I know the answer to this, but let's pretend. To sit him down and say, you're in trouble. You need to get help. I mean, this is a really complicated conversation because I think that he... he, I don't know what to do with people who've been red-pilled, who have been online and are seeing like, you know horrible things and believing everything they see and thinking that there's, you know, I I mean, this is such a dark conversation. I don't really know. It makes me so uncomfortable because I don't know the answer to like, to that. And Tamara doesn't take it seriously enough to be like, but you also like can't talk someone out of these things easily. It feels like he's celebrating violence. And that is, as we know, kids never the answer, or if it is an answer, it's definitely the wrong one to make uh, or to get. And, I was very annoyed watching Tamara on Watch What Happens. Was it the night that the text went public and went viral on Twitter or like the day after? Certainly there were several hours between everyone seeing the text between Ryan and... Did they bring the text up on Watch What Happens Live? Oh, yes, they did. Oh, I didn't see this. So Andy goes, I know we were talking about this a little bit before the show. And I'm guys, I'm going to... I'm paraphrasing and I might be doing this in a terrible way, but whatever, let's take that ride. Um, He says like, I know that we talked about this a little bit before the show. There are these texts that have come up between Ryan and Sarah and you know, there are bad things said about um, the kid and you know, what's your reaction? And Tamara looks at him as I think completely playing dumb and like, Oh, what, 
what text? Um, what are they referencing? Their kid or one of her kids? Like that makes a fucking difference, by the way. If their estranged stepfather is calling any of those children a bitch, problem number one. It doesn't matter if it's biological. And then Andy goes, oh, I actually don't really know. I didn't read the text. And then it just dies. And I was like, holy shit, what were you guys talking about before the show? I actually believe that someone told Andy, oh, there's some shit going down, summarized it. And then he, she brought it up or he brought it up. And it was like very chill before the show and not a big deal. I, or, you know, I thousand percent believe that. But I do think if you know that something is like a hot topic amongst OC viewers and you don't have the callback and we all have that, by the way, I have that all the time on this where I'm like, I wanted to say something, but I forget what, or I forget what the specifics were. I felt like this was so important that on one of those cards, it should have had had like some sort of something or somebody in his I know or somebody in his ear it felt like such a missed opportunity and she's gonna have so much time between now and the filming of the reunion in which to prepare to that if they even get to that in which to prepare herself for some sort of PR answer and this was the best moment on live TV and she kind of got away with it in a way that I was like this is some crazy ass shit and she was like well Sarah always posts stuff and then deletes it and it's like regardless of the intention of this woman, and it seems like these are both not they are, great people. They're in a toxic, rela- they have a they're toxic in a, relationship. Right, but you shouldn't be threatening to murder your no. estranged. But I don't think they were ever legally married. Not that it matters. Your estranged partner, whatever the mother of your child, and then calling that child a bitch. It was so, and she owns guns. And like, again, one of her parents died by, by died by suicide by gun. Like, and you're sending her the emoji or whatever it was of a bullet. Like it was a photo, a photo of, of a bullet. bullet. Like that is a genuine death threat. Is yeah. it not? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really dark. I like, it's just like a, the whole thing gives me an empty feeling. I don't like watching it. I don't like thinking about, you know, watching this most recent episode after seeing those texts, I just like, didn't want to see Ryan on screen. I don't like, I, it makes me feel concerned and uncomfortable. I also feel like the Kavanaugh, conversation if we're going to talk about bringing up politics on the franchises is very different from what's happening on OC because Ryan is communicating his political affiliations and preferences and whatever through threats of violence and that is beyond not okay to me we're seeing that happen IRL and we're seeing that happen on the show and that is we it's not a real Trump conversation because the conversation really is between brothers saying like I felt physically threatened I am half your age what the fuck are you doing I don't I think it passes who did you vote for and go straight into like you're a deep dark broken man and pretending that this is somehow entertaining or funny or flippant is not okay to me yeah i just think that tamra and she's you're asking tamra to be you're asking tamra to be the adult in the room which is like never gonna happen so it's so if i find it so sad i just really it makes me this is why mike wolfsmith smartly is not on the show right now oh my god the smart and by the way the smartest kids how probably through dawn like brianna an angel sent from heaven the only adult child i ever uh, want to see no don't do it i don't want to talk about I it i love brianna i do love brianna but this is a ryan free zone well then i'll leave it be <laughs> If you leave her talking out of it, then... I just want Brianna to be happy, and she's doing her whole thing on keto or whatever they call it. Keto, keto, potato, again, (laughs) orange. Um, Okay, I have a satchel from friend of the the show, James, uh, in Los Angeles. Emily's... (laughs) I can't even say it without laughing. Emily's husband is worse than Brooks discuss. (laughs) (laughs) He is horrible. He is 
awful. Maybe it's the Jew in me, but I saw that extra play setting that they had at that weird <laughs> dinner that her mom showed up with the fur, and I was like, oh my god, it's Elijah. Like, they're setting a Passover little glass of wine for um, their that imaginary... Was a, that was a nightmare. And also, like, it's just also sad. Like, he can't pass the bar and has to, like... <laughs> Live, move into the library. Not that the bar is easy to pass. Like, no. I don't but, like, care. I don't care. There's so one. much, like... I'm too busy raising it. It's just... It, it's... God, the whole thing is, like... It's bleak. OC is... OC can be so bleak. Gina's hair alone. <laughs> Gina's Paging look, Dr. Phil's I'm actually, like, like, Gina... God, I just... The more we talk about the more I'm, like, OC is actually really upsetting me. There's so much about it that is just, like, not fun. You know? Like, that's just, like dark i mean watching gina whatever she's going through is just like it's deeply unpleasant deeply unpleasant did she bring up the abuse next week is that what's happening uh i don't know there's a conversation with her and emily on the couch yeah and it feels like emily's bringing some bringing it up and gina's like i can't talk about this and then walks away yeah i think it was more about like the overall divorce because the abuse like the abuse that happened sort of irl was just like in the last you know fairly recently before it, it very well may have, but I don't think she's bringing it up on camera, especially when they got back together before this whole domestic violence thing happened. Um, I don't think that Shane is worse than Brooks, though I think it's a no. funny comparison. I, don't I think, think Brooks I don't think, is I don't probably he, the worst. Right. Quote unquote, I don't think, he's a, con, I don't think he's a con artist, like yeah. grifter nightmare. I think he's just like a shitty person who yeah. takes her for granted and doesn't want to be around his family. And she just seems to continue to put up with it. Because I don't she's know. She's got why. like severe Gina Keo vibes. Oh, and that she's like super depressed, and part of that depression is because of the she's guy treated, that sits on the couch. Yeah, yeah. And that she's and that she has this. I think she has this complex because she talks a lot about her weight and her like not yeah. fitting with the other housewife. Like she has this sort of thing where I feel like she's not treated the same way because she's not like a skinny blonde like the rest of them. But she's naturally and curvy, by the way. I, I'm not right. I'm not. No, no, crazy. I know you're I, not. But I'm, I'm just saying, saying. I'm saying that I think that she has this like thing that Gina also had where she's treated a little bit like an outcast as like a curvy brunette yeah, with a shitty husband who yeah. treats her like garbage and overcompensates and tries to be like, everything's fine. I'm doing it. And like, I wish they would, you know, I wish you would treat me better. I wish you would appreciate me more, but like, what can you do? And like, it's depressing to watch. And that flashback of her talking about, what was it, like the miscarriages or whatever? And she was like, or, or yeah, miscarriages after like doing like the hormone stuff. And <laughs> I know bodies. And IVF? I forget. Something with hormones and shots or whatever. And maybe a miscarriage or whatever. And it's a, it's a flashback to her and Shane talking about it. And she's like, you know, you just don't understand how hard it is. And, and he's like, no, you don't get how hard it was for me. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm sure he also went through it as well. But I mean it was like quite literally her body. It's just so sad to me. Yeah, He is. Is there anything, is there any like ray of sunshine on OC, on OC right now? Cause I'm feeling like Kelly Dodd, but Kelly has a darkness to her too. I know, but at least it's funny at Kelly times. is Kelly is like, yes, Kelly is like integral to the franchise. And the only reason why the show is still on basically, but I mean, my God, this is like a, dark like you talked about Potomac being like the the most likable women yeah. like OC is like the fucking most depressing like upsetting women and and scenarios I did like Kelly and Shannon's turtle time I like when they went out together and Bronwyn sure. was I'm like you're like, skinny and I'm, Shannon was like I think I love you I'm just I think I'm just bummed out now so what were your thoughts on Bronwyn oh I don't like Bronwyn <gasps> you don't no why 
Um, I feel like she's a full human person. She doesn't vaccinate her children. Okay. That's not okay. They're sure. disease vectors. Okay, but based on what you're seeing on, on camera. Okay, based on what's on camera, she's fine. I just find it all very, like... <laughs> you went from, like, I fucking hate her to, like... No, I didn't say that. I, said, okay. I, said, I don't like her. Okay. I don't hate her. I don't have, like, a strong opinion. I just I just don't... Um, it's OC has struggled to bring new women onto the show many yeah, times. Totally. And she feels to me like... I'm like, what? just like, oh, she's quirky. She has so many kids. Like, okay. I'm not, I'm not interested yet. I'm not going to like say that I will never like her or that she'll never be, you know, uh, a worthwhile addition to the cast. I'm just, I'm suspect because of the history of adding new people to that show. Yeah. And because so far all I've gotten is like how crazy their home life is with all these kids. Right. I think she has definitely. And her marriage seems weird. Her marriage definitely seems weird. Um, and I think she has definitely much more poten- potential than, for example, like Lydia McLaughlin, who had the weird mom. Well, remember, and the that I, remember that I really, I, did, I, I was, I was a big fan of Lydia on her first season. Yeah. Her first because, season. Because right. she, she, she was, she seemed like she was this meek little like fairy child. And then like Christian, whatever. And then like, she called, consistently out, called out Slade and was yeah. like, you're the worst. And so I really loved that. And then she came back and was a nightmare. Um, Obviously, there have been great additions to the show. Shannon, uh, Kelly, like, yes. But Bronwyn just feels like she's got a crazy name. She's got a big family. I don't know. I'm just like, it feels a little bit try hard to me. Um, and I'm not seeing enough of a personality to justify it yet. I feel like she, I genuinely, I feel like she is, was a good casting choice. And I'm curious to see what happens. I'm nervous if she aligns herself super, super tightly with Trace Amigas. I'm very nervous. And in all of their press interviews, they're like, Bronwyn's the best. Bronwyn's the best. And I don't know if that's real. I'm sure it is. But also like a threat to her. <laughs> like, remember who loves you. Um, I'm I don't very know. fascinated by Tamara and Vicky because like, I was like watching. And I was like. I couldn't remember. I was like, Tamara and Vicky are on the outs now. Like, didn't they like end things on the good terms? But I genuinely couldn't remember where they left things because they're so volatile. I think they had that. Wasn't it with the weird teary hug that was like super awkward? Was Vicky thinks time? they're friends. I mean, they, but they were. F- I think they became closer. Tamara, f- Tamara and Vicky. When, when, when Tamara and Vicky. Wait, what do you mean? I think that they became. They started off friendly and became tighter through filming. Likely you when mean the, you mean like from the beginning. No, no, no. From this season, oh. when everything goes down with whatever happens with Kelly versus Tamara and Kelly versus Shannon, I think that made them closer to Vicky. Oh, sure. But I just mean that, like, like on the show, in this episode, when Tamara's like, "Oh God, Vicky's coming. Like, should I invite? Should I invite her?" And then Vicky coming and like whatever. I was like. Aren't you guys friends? Like, I don't really understand, like, what the issue there is. And Tamara was like, That's a good point. we have a complicated history. And it's like, yeah, we know. We watched the show. You were estranged for a couple seasons. And then you made up again. Like, do you remember where you stand? Like, it felt, I, I mean, and I honestly might be forgetting something. I don't remember if, like, what conflict they had last season. But I didn't remember them being, having a problem. Yeah, I think. And Tamara's so two-faced, it doesn't really matter anyway. Because she'll always, like. I think it's just a genuine, probably, maybe a discomfort with whatever was to come with Kelly and Vicky, even though, you know, Tamara loves it. I don't, I don't know why she yeah, said that, except that she truly doesn't die for Vicky. And then they just become close because of whatever I, the fuck I kind of appreciated Kelly. Kelly being like, I don't want to talk to you. Like she's walking away because like, she it, doesn't, she doesn't want to talk to her. Right. And, and I, and I, I understood Vicky's point of like, you said we were fine and then you got mad again, Yeah, but it's like, that always happens. Like it's normal 
on a reality show that you guys, whatever, you film whatever, you make up, and then, like, the show starts airing, they see the shit you said in confessionals, they see, like, m- you know, more stuff they didn't realize, like, yeah, it's gonna stir things up again. Like, I think... And it, Kelly's a very... Right. Kelly is a, like, a person who is quick to anger, yes. quick to whatever, like... Extremely reactive. Yes, and, like, you know this, and... Also, you said she did coke. And by the way, are now doubling down on that and saying that you know people who've done coke with her. She went, she quite literally said, does, did, yada, yada. Like, let's call the whole thing off. She was both then saying, did coke, does coke. I know people that did it with her. What the fuck are you talking about? I really, I, and, I, and I really, like, don't know what to believe slash, like, honestly don't care that much. But I, I think that, like, I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that someone told Vicky that Kelly did coke with them. Just as I don't doubt that someone told her that Eddie's gay. Like, Vicky surrounds herself with these people who, like, will say shit. And, like, right. there's all these rumors in the show that pop up where you're like, yeah, maybe it's true. Or maybe it's, like, very clearly designed to, like, create drama and sound more interesting. Like, on New Jersey, having, like, you know, Kim D's friend be like, oh, yeah, Melissa danced for me. And it was, like, I don't. I was thinking about this earlier today for whatever mm-hmm. reason. It just always feels like you can always find someone to say these things. It doesn't mean it's actually true. I thousand percent agree with and, you. And I, and I just feel like... But she has doubled down on enjoying the, right. the, the weaponry and, that and supplies Vicky does her. This, Vicky does this all the time. Vicky spreads r- rumors constantly about Eddie being gay, about... That was her last conflict with Tamara was about... I mean, that was really what it was about, was like her saying that Eddie was gay and that mm-hmm. she knew like someone who had hooked up with him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or to say that, you know, Shannon was abused by her husband. Like all mm-hmm. this stuff where like she says this stuff and then to actually she doesn't know it's going to be damaging to them beyond just like that moment Mm -hmm. i don't know no i hear you um yeah i don't i don't know i don't i don't trust tamra i found myself like not hating this episode so i didn't hate it i i I just i i think that like i there's just like a real darkness to a lot of it that's making it hard to watch i think the ryan stuff is hard to watch yeah gina's confessional look where she's like in the pink it's so bad she looks so i know and i love i really do love gina you know know. i really have a lot of like sympathy for her and i really like her and it just feels like she's and then that party she was just like really boozing it up and like i don't think that you can like you get a dui you can never drink again but just like to know that that's like people's gonna impression of you that just happened yeah. and to drink that much on camera makes me feel like you're she's, not thinking about like she's lost it see i it's there's something about it that makes me really sad um all of that and then just like emily's husband i don't know like i'm there's not i i just feel bad and like the kind of moments of like levity are like bronwyn and her husband having fake sex i'm just like uh yeah, I a thousand percent agree with you. And I do want to transition to one little thing. Yes. We're going to talk about darkness. I just need to talk about this because it was so insane to me that I just need to. The season finale of Southern Charm. Um, You are not a Southern Charm. I'm not a Southern Charm. But do you know viewer. who Thomas Ravenel is? Yes. He has been replaced on the show by Shepard Rose. And so anyone um, who has watched this show, myself included, and started off believing in what Andy said, which was speaking of, um, b- adorable dogs that like Shep was Sheppy, like oh, the, the labradoodle <laughs> essence of like somebody got that it. was like got adorable it, got it, got it, got it, and sweet. Shep has, uh, transitioned into being possibly the devil. And, um, uh, I I have a satchel of gold from Jessica in Short Hills, New Jersey. These past two episodes of Southern Charm are pretty much the pretty in pink screenplay. Pretty in pink screenplay with Shep as Spader's staff. Austin is simpering Andrew McCarthy. Um, 
Blaine and Madison as a cheerleader, Bizarro World, Ringwald. Full disclosure, I think someone in one of the Bravo Facebook groups made this comparison last week, but this week, Shep really clinched the title. And there's a question there of, um, you know, has he always been this way? And we were so distracted by Thomas Ravenel that we didn't pick up on like probably huge clues. And I think that's entirely correct. I think that he's gotten worse um, through time uh, continued alcoholism and lack of drive. And this is what Shep Rose is the perfect example of like people who have a norm parents who have enormous wealth and are concerned about what that wealth will do to their like lack of their adult children, children's drive. And Shep is a perfect example of that, of someone who has no drive, has no purpose in life is on this reality show is genuinely a jealous combative person. And there was a sex tape, not a sex tape, sorry. There was like a 3am step. Well, actually it was like a 6am tape that came out that one of the, this cast member was, um, had two women drunkenly stay over in his apartment and his girlfriend, who's sort of a friend of on the show was banging on his door and being like, what the fuck's going on? And one of the women um, secretly recorded the video of her walking in and being like, what the fuck is happening? And he's like yelling at her and Shep decided um, as a way to steal narrative, exact revenge, make his good friend feel bad and give a giant fuck you to this uh, girlfriend who didn't want to fuck him brings those two women to the finale party. And then is like, Oh, I I don't care about attention. Oh, why do you have to be mad at me? Oh, you're playing the victim. And it's like, he's playing the victim because you anointed that title onto him by your behavior. I think he's such a piece of shit. And if we're going to talk about, um, social media in real life if we're going to talk about like the 50 shades of ryan then we need to talk about the 50 shades of shep who went viral uh last week i want to say for making fun of a homeless woman and then becoming combative with viewers who were like maybe don't do that um i don't know that the show needs him anymore but regardless of whether or not he stays i think that he's crossed over into being like a true asshole and should be some sort of parable for future co-stars or members of reality TV or maybe just parents who have bajillions because I don't know if um if Bronwyn's husband has that <laughs> adorable little story of like billionaires would give it all away if they could spend more time with their kids I wonder what Shep's parents think of him because I would like sincerely return to sender I'm sorry that I don't watch these, this, this show and have zero opinion about this. Trust me, you hate him. But You I, would hate him. But I will say, um, just to be clear, uh, that Bronwyn's husband is gay. In my, in, my, in my opinion. And I'm sure his. Um, Louis Peitzman, this... <laughs> Talk about an ending. Um, tell the folks how to subscribe to High Drama, your newsletter that covers horror, theater, housewives and much more it's uh lewispeitzman.substack.com Ooh. you can also follow me on twitter at lewispeitzman and i tweet links to the newsletter when it goes up so you can check it out i love it and maybe there'll be a, like a fun um synergy between horror and housewives as you continue to recap oc in it's your always it's always a little bit of both love it um this was such a joy guys tweet me your thoughts and feels at sarah galley i essentially exclusively get all of the satchels from um instagram so if you're not following me and my beloved c-span-esque insta stories you should at dame galley who's your favorite housewife Venmo me a dollar and let me know and um just to recap some of the 
the polls I did yesterday, whose side Giselle or Monique? You guys voted 36% Giselle, 64% Monique. Whose side Vicky v. Kelly? You said 16% Vicky, 84% <laughs> Kelly. Um, I gave you the Southern cha- Southern Charm that you asked for. And whose side, speaking of Southern Charm, Shep v. Austin. Shep, 9%. Austin, 91. Um, guys, this was so fun if you haven't epic if you haven't sent me something i don't even know just do it <laughs> that made a lot of sense. um this was amazing Liz python i'm obsessed with you as always and thanks for having me that's so much fun um i love that it was a total pleasure i can't wait to kiki with you again soon okay bye guys bye